for King Saran, like how do you feel about him? Because obviously he's the villain mm-hmm. um, of the movie. I have, oh, <laughs> I have a quote that I like. Okay. Um, so another quote that I liked in relation to King Saran mm. um, was when Zelly, like right before he started torturing Zelly, so Zelly gets captured by the guards at one point, and so he's about to start torturing her. And, um, of course, Zelly's running her mouth, <laughs> as usual. We can count on her for that. <laughs> um, and so she's basically thing. saying, like, um, you know, you're a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. And the king is like, you don't understand, like, your people killed all of my family, blah, blah, blah. And Zelly was like, the rebellion of a few does not justify the oppression of the masses. Mm. Something along that lines. I didn't copy it down exactly. This is from my memory. So she says, like, the rebellion of a few does not justify the oppression of the masses. So for... In and of itself, that line was so amazing because I just think of that idea of like how we create stereotypes, right? Yeah. You meet yeah. one person that you don't yeah. like, and you're like, so like, like mm-hmm. for example, with women, Sports right? Women. If a mm-hmm. woman climbs to like presidency and she sucked at it, we're gonna be like, all women can't be president. Like right. this is why we don't hire women to leadership positions. Blah blah. Right. I mean, you punish the masses Fun because times. of one person you didn't like, right? Yeah. Um, and his response to that, King Sam's response to that was, "When you're king, you can do whatever you want." And so for me, that was such a telling line. Because at first I was like, okay, like, I don't know. Like, I kind of how you were saying, like, Tommy kind of tried to make everybody, like, relatable. And so at some point I could kind of understand why King Saran was so angry, like, if his whole family was wiped out. Because, I mean, like, imagine how Zelly felt when her her, fan, her mom oh, killed, was killed, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was what I was kind of thinking about with King Saran. Like, maybe that's kind of how he felt when the Magi killed his whole family. Because it seemed like he really loved his first wife. Um, but at the same time, when he said that line, when you are king, you can do whatever you want. For me, like that kind of revealed like how like evil his heart really was because like, if it's, if it's just like, oh, my family died and I'm avenging my family or whatever, then like, you don't have to use the line of like, if you're king, you can do whatever you want. Like if you truly believe like this is just, then king or not king, you would do it. But the fact that you're using the fact that you're, that the fact that you're using the fact that you're king means that you understand your power and you're like abusing it to like take revenge for your family. So that's kind of how like I understood his response. Um, And so that's kind of what took him from like, okay, I can kind of understand why you don't like the Magi to like, you're a terrible person. (laughs) I don't know that I would say he was Eve because I, I like people. I don't think people wake up and say, "Oh, I want to be evil today." You know, right, is, right. I want to do a bad thing. I think it was him revealing, "I'm so powerful that I can do whatever I want, but I want to do what what I think is justified, yeah. what I think is, you know, avenging uh, yeah. my the death or this and that, and and preventing a future catastrophe, just like mm. I experienced. Mm. I don't want another family to experience the loss of these people, mm. uh, of their of but their. But he is names. doing that, like. I know he, he, is, he is, but in a way, I I am empathetic of. I, I think what Tommy for me how I interpreted it was Tommy is showing this is his motivation for his actions, mm-hmm. and he right. believes he is good, and this is why Inan is such a stalwart of Saran's ideals. Is yeah. I believe we're doing the right thing, the right thing. to mm-hmm. protect the integrity of our kingdom, to protect mm-hmm. the the future generations of of, of Orishans. To know that there's a kingdom, you know, our kingdom is threatened by this rebellious magic. Mm-hmm. And so 
King Saran, depending on who you are, I mean, Trump would probably love King Saran. Yeah. You know? I mean, how dare he say to European leaders, guys, watch out, those immigrants are diluting your culture. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same, it's not the same thing, but it's very similar. No, I agree and with also, you. I think, like, I definitely saw his motivation, and that's what I was trying to say about, like, how I kind of understood his idea to take revenge. Um, and I think, real quick, on your idea of, like, um, you know, maybe other world leaders being able to um, sympathize with King Saran is that there was a few times when King Saran was like, okay, like, look at all these other kingdoms that have come down because of Magi. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made me think about, like, the immigration issue mm-hmm. when, like, people point to other countries, like, oh, like, this country's overrun by immigrants and that country's overrun mm-hmm. by immigrants, so therefore, like, our immigration laws need to be even stricter. So that I could definitely see from King Saran. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I'm talking specifically about that line that he used, like, when you're king, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's where it takes, like, okay, I understand your motivation to, mm-hmm. like, this is abuse of power. Do you know I what I mean? Like, I can also, understand your, like, your motivation, but yeah. I can still call you out on abuse of power. Mm-hmm. Do you know I what think I mean? it also just highlights the power um, of our convictions or the power yeah. of, um, you know, ideas that we have and prejudices yeah. that we hold. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, yes, fine, he said, you know, I'm, when you're in the king, you can do whatever you want, but he could have been doing positive things, right? But mm-hmm. th- that's that's what he was doing because he strongly believed, like, this is the right thing to do. And so I think that it just shows how dangerous, like, yeah. um, wrong ideas and wrong um I don't, I don't want to say wrong prejudices because prejudice is wrong as Fake it is. news. Fake news. Yeah. How that can be because then that forms or that becomes ammunition for people to make their choices with, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm able to, because we as humans find we're rational beings and so we think things through and so we're like blah, blah, blah. But then if the basis of my thought process is fundamentally flawed or is yeah. completely wrong and steeped in exoteric, it just hate. highlights hate it's steeped in hate yeah. and lack of compassion. It just shows how crazy it can um, get. that can yeah. get. Because yeah. once again, let's, you know, let's look at immigrants, right? When they come into, because like with the whole Syria, um, you know, Syria um, humanitarian crisis, because that's what it was. I think it had been the worst refugee situation for a long time. But mm. for the West or whatever, they couldn't look at them as individuals that had lost their home mm. or lost mm-hmm. their communities mm. or whatever. It was these Muslims who would come and infiltrate our communities mm. and. We have to preserve the sanctity of it. And so we cannot let you in. And so mm-hmm. I think it just shows, like, I think it's just a call to us, you know, everybody. Because obviously, like, sometimes we are back and we're like, oh, no, we're good. You know, we're here. We're not doing anything yeah. to anybody. But, I but, but, I think, like I said, it's human nature. And so there are ways that we're all, like, in some in some way, form or the other, thinking less of somebody else and, like, mm-hmm. just living life. And I think it just shows how... Um, how crazy that can be. Can we transition now or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Or we can talk about the end if you want because that, that, was, that would be a good thing to talk about. Like, I know. What, what I was, takeaways I was about thinking the end. about that. I know. That would be a good segue too. So once again, spoiler. <laughs> um, so the end, right? The end, everybody has magic because I think Amari does magic. There's a summary on uh, Goodreads and I think as well Amazon because you can pre-order the second book now. Ooh, so there's really? a summary. When is yeah. it released? Oh, in 2019. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's next year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a summary about how so the 
the magic has awakened even in those who had ancestors that had magic but are now Kosedan. Mm-hmm. So royals who are who had magic in their history now have a little bit of it. And so everyone has magic or most people have magic. Which would explain Amari's color. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So if, that, like, if that, she has Magi in her um, blood. Their whole color and thing just threw me off. Yeah, I, I yeah was, that, that was one of the, th- actually, yeah, that was oh the one thing I was like, let's just say everybody black. I was just like, why is this copper? Why? Because then they was inventive. It was inventive. Onyx. Uh, I was about to expect a cappuccino in there. And coconut. <laughs> yeah, coconut. Like, I was coconut like, like such a light color. color. And I was like, no, like, tell me. Like, okay, girl. <laughs> confused i was like am i miss um, have i forgotten what coconuts look like or something right i don't understand right those with that the threaded the thready brown yeah, yeah. Okay. it was a bit it, it was it was fun it was fun me to read to whenever read. they came up it, it also took me a while to get into like the cheetahs and the panthaneers yes I was like, that's a bit much. Oh my god, no, I loved it. I was like, I just want a cheetanair. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Think, no, for me, okay, so for yeah. me, the cheetanair thing kind of goes back to why, like, I didn't like the naming of the cities a lot. Because um, I, I don't know, it was just like really distracting for me because I was like, okay, we're in Nigeria, but we're not in Nigeria. No. So for me, like, if we're not in Nigeria, like, let's not name any of the cities Nigerian cities. Like, let's name them like maybe either like really tiny obscure villages in Nigeria that no, but not that many people would recognize, or like let's name them names that sound like Yoruba-ish. Do you know what I mean? Because like okay, like if we think about like um, and not to like you know compare apples to apples or anything like that, but so if we think about like fantasy novels, right, that take us to a whole different world. We you can have we have one side of it which is kind of like Harry Potter, where we have London, and London looks exactly like we remember London. But, like, everywhere else, like, once you cross, in, you know, into the tunnel or whatever, mm-hmm. all the names are different, and it's like a totally different, like, space, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you look at, like, um, in Game of Thrones, all the names are totally different. Like, that's clearly, like, you know, inspired by um, English lore and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like, if we're going to have a Nigerian-inspired novel, but it's not based in Nigeria, like, let's come up with whole new names. Like, are we in this world or are we not in this world? Mm-hmm. So for me, like, that idea of, like, going back and forth between like a super fantasy world but then like names that I recognized that was a little bit jarring for me and so I could never really quite get 110% into like the fact that this was a fantasy world um and so for me that was a little bit distracting along with things like velvet robes and like hair blowing in the wind and manners like m-a-n-o-r-s like you know what I mean like for me like words like that were very like okay English fantasy like novels, you know what I mean? Because they're the ones that have that like high tea and like, so I'm like, okay, is this colonial Nigeria or is this like fantasy Nigeria? Or is like, like, where even are we? So for right. me, like those little details were like really, really distracting um, to read through. I, yeah. I, I, I think because maybe I'm Ugandan and yeah. I don't have that context of being yeah. a Nigerian. Yeah. It was right. good to have a geographical context. So I kept right. going back to the map and I was like, oh, wow. I know, yeah. Kano, I've heard of Ibadan. I've heard of Lagos. Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah I can see where they are. And, I, you know, the British in Kenya, Uganda and, uh, and even South Africa just were very... I mean, they're, um, the way manners and in, basically the Stockholm syndrome that is a result of, of colonialism is very much alive mm-hmm. today. And I could relate to all of those things because we have 
a lot of British sensibilities still alive and well in a, in upper middle class. High tea, manners, ranches. I mean, they're exactly. African. They're dark African too. That's their whole life. You know? Yeah, and, no, I definitely agree with uh, you. And that stuff is in Nigeria too. But I, like, I think it's important. For me, like, I think it's important to show that side of Africa that's very globalized, that's very in, that has been for for centuries and centuries, been connected to the rest of the world in these other mm-hmm. ways that we do not anticipate. Because for so long they've been attributed to British, and yet there's so many things that British do that they got from India when it was still yeah. under the British Empire, and we we don't we because of the way history has been documented and told through the eyes of the successful British, we never question, okay, so where did actually this thing come from? Because Haiti, never know, it came from Mumbai or when it was called Bombay, when it was, you know, high afternoon, you know, when the sun's up, let's go inside and have Haiti. That's from India. But we mm-hmm. never question these things. And I think it's, it's so inventive and very, it sort of strips away what we think we know of Africa and what we think we know of the effects of globalization. We think, oh, it's just because internet and technology. But no, we've been trading with the world since the beginning of time. There have been black mm. people in Scotland since the 13th century. It's just the documentation of history mm. has been different. So I, I again, because I, I am Ugandan and the context is different, it, was, it helped that I could go to this map in the book and then it's a map on, on Google. Mm. I'm like, gosh, this is a real place. I want to go there and take a tour, a bus tour. Aww. There should be a children of blood and bone tour. <laughs> take this around Nigeria. That's funny. See, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, though, because there couldn't be a children of blood and bone tour because Ilori does not look like that at all. Like, so for that me, like, I've been to Ilori. I've been to Ibado. I've been to Lagos. You know what I mean? And so like, what she was describing as what those cities look like, the city does not look like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's the same name, but a completely different fantasy city. Do you get right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think for me, like her world set in, it took me a couple of, I think probably it wasn't until I got to the hundred. It, wow. it, it took me a while to get into her world set in because there were yeah. things that would happen. And I was just like, I don't understand what is going on here. Mm. I right. admittedly didn't have the same struggles that you faced, mm. obviously, because you're a Nigerian, like you said, yeah. you've been to these places. But for me, you know, whenever I saw something that I recognized, it was a touch point or a touch point of familiarity for me. So yeah. like when they would yeah. have Ankara, Sim- um, Ankara, Adinkra symbols, obviously, like I could have been like, well, Adinkra symbols are not Nigerian. But I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, this is just a fantasy and mythical thing that is overall African, but mostly mm-hmm. Nigerian. And it's probably because then if that's the case, I'm telling you that there shouldn't have been any Adinkra symbols there because that's a con. So what are you doing mm-hmm. in a Nigerian yeah. inspired you know? So yeah, I think it was me, interesting, yeah. Yeah, for me, I think I was just, I was able to suspend belief, mm. but there were little, little things that I was just like, what is going on here? Like the color. Right. Mm. Amari in particular, her color, and it took me so long to understand. And Because mm. on the one hand, she was obviously fairer than Zaley and most of the diviners, but it, it also seemed like she was darker than a Kosidan and a royal would be mm. because there were cases of her mom always putting lighter makeup on her. Yeah. 
yes, and yes. talking about her coloring. Yes, yes. Um, but then they're also talking about her blushing and stuff. So I'm like, well, where does she fall in the spectrum mm-hmm. of light and dark? Um, I mean, Zaylee's hair being straight bugged me for the longest time before I finally understood mm. that once the magic comes, that's when it coils. I was uh, like, was why is so this, cool? Yeah. Like, why is this African child's hair being silky as she? Why? <laughs> so actually, I didn't realize it was straight until it started becoming curly. Oh, I was just like, yeah. why is it blowing in the wind? And then it was like, okay, now that I understand yeah. that it's supposed to not it's be curly, to be okay. And and and, and 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 kudos for her being fast because I mean yes there's Nedi's book which I haven't read as well but this is one of the first books of fantasy in Africa so mm. we're gonna pick it apart until it's yes. bare bone right yes. because we're just yes. so hungry for right. something right. like this that that we we're like we want to suspend belief but should we can we, can we? <laughs> yeah. you know and 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 and, and it's holding up. It is foundations, yeah. but as well, you know, there's so many things where I just like, mm, yeah, girl, mm, oh, what, what is this? <laughs> I think it's good that there are things that we don't uh, completely buy with this book, and I think it's mm-hmm. like it's like people. You imagine, oh, you know, like even our best friends or boyfriends or significant others. They're not perfect. There's certain things about it that yeah, you're like, yeah. I could do this, but this is this. I could do this. So I look at the book. I don't know. I'm always the diplomat, yeah, diplomat yeah, here, but yeah. I always I look at it like it adds texture. It adds layers to the experience of 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 reading this book. That there are things that don't make sense. Like how can I like this but not yeah. like that? How can I do this? And I think it makes it that makes it even more uh, dear to our hearts that yeah. it is so black. Yes. That that oh my god, it's not completely black. It because, it, because, like, because this would yeah, not happen here. Yeah, the, you know, um it, 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 it reminds me of how loads of activists keep saying like uh, black blackness is not a monolith. Yes, blackness mm. is, is rich in color and diversity, yeah. and yeah. even you know with LGBTQ communities, with women, women yeah. are not monoliths. No, a bossy woman is not a bitch. Yes, I think just like I mean that was a bad comparison, but yeah, you you re, you get what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Where you're coming yeah, from. I disagree with her. You know, D- do it like uh, find those flames of that discontent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be crazy if we sat here and we're like, oh my gosh, we loved everything. I love everything. Yeah. I mean, not gonna lie, that was me. And I think <laughs> that's what to her, like to not like you know deep, dig into the nuances because we're right. trying so hard to just be like we yeah. loved everything and every single line was perfect. Right. Um, right. I don't think that's like and fair to her either. Also, um, I, I see where you're coming from, Nicole, because once again, like I said, I was a tough reader. Like mm. in the first hundred or so pages. I wasn't with it. Mm. It took me a while to get in. <laughs> One of my friends couldn't get through it. She was like, this is too distracting. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Because for me, one thing that I realized is that I didn't like her writing style in the beginning mm. because I felt it was quite superfluous with some of the details. Mm. So there were like things that were being described in certain depth that I felt didn't add anything to the story. Mm. And I, I think that it also was a bit unfair to her 
because my favorite writer ever is Shimamanda, and I love yeah. everything she writes, and I yeah. love how she writes. Yeah. So that was yeah. almost like yeah. a, yeah. you need to be writing how Shimamanda writes. Yeah. But it's like, no, yeah. this is how Tomi writes. Yeah. And so, yeah. And also, it took honestly, me a while, but I Reading Tomi, though, I was taken back to, like, um, you know, middle school and the fantasy novels I read in middle yeah. school. Yeah. Like, I recognize her writing from there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, she so. also J.K. Rowling doesn't Rowling does not write like Tommy and I no. I I finished this book and I was like I love it I have never found a book that made me feel like to threaten the place of Harry Potter in my life really? and this book did because okay. it was it was about Africans it was so personal it was so yeah. personal yeah even though her writing is 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 different from Chimamanda who mm-hmm. you know I, I I look myself I look at myself in the mirror and say you're never going to you know write like Chimamanda Girl, you, you should whatever. stop just go back you know <laughs> no, I, no, no 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 I'm just to say like yeah. we we really really do need more diverse writing yes, out there yes, that, yes, that yes, challenges yes. our notions of of, yeah, of even of good and bad writing like um yes. I remember when uh, Ghana Must Go came yeah. out I tried to read that book the first time and I was just like what what is going on here uh, <laughs> I, I just cannot get through this and I put it down in fact I gave the book away because there was hype around the book and the, the author and I was like I gave it to another girl and then a, a while ago it was in the library and I said let me pick this book and when I just suspended all these expectations that I had that she must sound like ABC wow then you respect the lyricalness the uh, I've, the author is escaping me, but um, Taste Elastic. T- yes, Taste Elastic. Oh, I mad respect the way yeah. she wrote that book. It's like climbing a hike. I mean, going on a hike, climbing yeah, a hike. Oh, yes. please forgive. <laughs> it's like going on a hiking. hike. Yeah. It's like hiking, awesome. <laughs> and you're suffering. You're just sweating, and you're like, I don't get why you're doing this this way. And then you mm-hmm. reach the top, and you're like. <gasps> Ah, the view is beautiful. Oh, my God, Ty, I get it. Okay, so I actually haven't read that book because there have been so many mixed reviews, but I think he even bolded me. I think you need to read it. It's in my library. I just haven't picked it up yet. Oh, it it is. I've heard enough things about it that I feel like it's, like, one of those, like, contemporary, like, African literature, like, must-read. Okay. No one writes like her. And to say that about a writer today is very, very difficult because okay. there are so many copycats out there. Mm-hmm. It's like the music industry. You yeah. know, you, you don't know who you're listening to. Is it Jesse <laughs> J? Is it uh, in Rita Ora? Who, who are these? Who but uh, Ty does not write like anybody yeah. out there at all. And, and I think, great. yeah, for me, that's really beautiful to hear because I think African literature... Um, yeah. And now we have um, certain people, certain things that we're using as markers. Yes. from Amanda, yes. okay, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But like you said, I think it's really beautiful that we're able to appreciate and see different styles. Yes. And you yes. have a variety yes. to choose yes. from. This, mm-hmm. this Portuguese um, uh, Nobel laureate, Jose Saramago, who wrote Blindness. So I don't know if any of you have ever read Blindness or heard of the film that was adapted. But Blindness, the, the original novel, was written in second person. So you, you, I mean, it was a fiction novel and it did not follow the rules of punctuation. So you could have a huge paragraph with no comma and there's a full stop there. You could have just an endless jazz and you're like, what was, but you got it. And because he made you stick with it. And I, and the book sold and he's, you know, I mean, he died, but 
again, that was such a uh, uh, the child of the, the English yeah. teacher and me. Like his heart is palpitating. Yeah, <laughs> pick it up, pick it up. I, like, yes. what do you mean whole sentence, whole paragraph? I know, no. <laughs> pick it up. It, it, I was like, whoa, and it's very difficult to do. So yeah, we need more. Blindness. We need more. Sorry. Blindness, you said? Blindness by Jose Saramago. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Yes, um, so you guys yes. can check it out. Okay, so um, one of the things that I was hoping we can get through, obviously we don't want this to be like a super long episode, but oh well, like the conversation's going so well. Um, <laughs> and it's just, oh, so, so enjoyable, yay. Um, so obviously, like I was saying before, like this novel obviously is built mm-hmm. around African or rather maybe Yoruba deities mm. and Yoruba um, mythology mm. and etc. And she was talking about the fact that like obviously we have Zeus and we have Greek mythology mm. and that's so pervasive and yeah. we have movies and we have books etc. And it's never questioned. It's just what it is. Whereas okay. when it came to um, African, you know, the, the African variety of yeah. that, she yeah. essentially had to go to Brazil to discover that. Yes. And yeah. when she said that in her interview, that got me thinking, because she was like, you know, obviously she's of Nigerian origin because her parents are Nigerian. Um, she's grown up in the U.S. But she was saying that this was the first time that she discovered these beautiful deities, gods, representations that one looked like her and also were so positive and beautiful in what they were supposed to be. Um, right. And for me... I think that's a very interesting thing. So, one, it's revolutionary in the fact that we have a whole novel that's centered around that. Mm. Something that I don't think we've been exposed to that Mm -mm. much. Mm -mm. And two, that the fact that it turns on its head. Because if, like, when we think about deities or whatever, at least for me, being an in, whatever, I think of these in a very negative light. Yeah. So, like, Yemoja, for instance, is described in this novel, and I think she's, like, supposed to be one of the mothers of mm. some of the deities mm. and quite powerful and beautiful, and she's dark-skinned, and she's doing Lord knows what. But in my mind, I almost can't get away from this thing we call in Ghana, which is Mami Water, which mm. is the witch of the sea. Mm. Yeah, and, like mermaids that, like, call, yes. like, and, the sirens, basically, and... English mythology or yes, kind of, kind of, sort of. So, my mother is supposed to be like the person, the woman that rules the sea, and that has never been a positive thing, Mm. right? And that Mm. has always been something to completely fear. Um, That's a novel in the waiting, guys. And yeah, and so for me now, Mm. reading this book, I was like, oh my gosh, this is turning so many things on its head. Mm. But I was also like, at the end of the day, I can read Harry Potter, which is about magic and witchcraft. And never for a second Oof. associate it with, like, really dark and evil things. Right. Um, the fact that I had to consciously, you know, when I was reading this, realize, like, okay, maybe, the, yes, this is what you've been socialized with, but perhaps there are positive sides of it. And so you need to just be able to realize that, like, by itself, that was mm-hmm. very... That was, like, one of the biggest takeaways for me with yeah. this. Yeah. Because when we talk about, like, in our post-colonial countries and societies and structures in every countries at least in Ghana like this is never a thing of of of, of positiveness mm. or of right. beauty or anything mm. and obviously right. like for me I'm a Christian so I'm not saying I'm about to go about and mm. worship Yemoja or worship right. on her orishas but I'm just saying that because at the end of the day these are practices that 
reveal things about our history and reveal things mm-hmm. about our values and our traditions. Like it would be interesting if we were even just familiar with it in an abstract way, like how right. Greek mythology is, because right. we don't think about Greek mythology and associate it with like positive or negative power. Mm-hmm. We just think about it and that's it. Yeah, so exactly. It I think it's so weird that like in yeah. Europe, when they were able to like hold on to Greek mythology as a history thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But yeah. like when Christianity came to Africa, we had to get rid of our mythology because yeah. it was paganist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, cause like now, like, um, you, it's like kind of what you, when you said the thing about, um, Tommy having to go to Brazil to learn about these Orishas, I realized that I don't know much about them at all. Like I recognize mm-hmm. some names. I understand the idea of them. Um, and I, the book I read right before, um, children of blood and bone was Freshwater by, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to butcher her name, but uh, Akwazi Emezi. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so I didn't read the whole book through all the way cause I had to return it to the library and like other reasons. It was a little hard for me to get through just because I couldn't relate to any other characters. I couldn't quite find somebody to grasp onto, um, who like made me want to keep reading, so but I also had to return the yeah. book. So there was those two things. And so I didn't mm-hmm. finish reading it, but that book also was steeped in like, um, I think it was more so Igbo gods, yeah. but still like Nigerian yeah. gods yeah. and like, you know, their deities and things like that. And her gods were portrayed much more like evil and nonchalant and like don't really care about the humans whose bodies they inhabit and everything like that. Um, so coming off of that and then mm-hmm. reading about the gods and um, mm-hmm. children of blood and bone, mm-hmm. I thought that was just really beautiful. So just like, just see the gods like painted in like, you know, either distant or close or like, right next to us or like, you know, playing puppeteers, like, mm-hmm. so just like having that depth to, um, to Yoruba and like Nigerian mythology mm-hmm. in general, I just really appreciated it. So mm-hmm. I was able to, I think I was able to like, um, read about the gods without any like, mm, hangups. Yeah. Any hangups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just real quickly, I wanted to say for Mami Wata in, um, <laughs> in Nigeria, Mami Wata is like, any girl that's beautiful, you would just call her Mami Wata. It's not oh. necessarily... I think, like, we have that idea that they're, like, mermaids as well, but I don't okay. think they're as evilly thought of okay. Um, okay. in Nigeria. It's just, like, okay. any beautiful girl, they'll call her, like, a Mami Wata, especially if she's, okay. like, lighter-skinned and whatever. Okay. So I think we also have that in Ghana, but it's normally said, but also in a very negative way. So it's said almost yeah, in, like, a Yeah, like, like, you're, like, way, too like, sensual kind yes, of thing. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost like her beauty yep, is otherworldly. <laughs> she has to have come from the water to come and tice us and kill us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's where that comes from. <laughs> well, not kill, but like definitely like seduce. Like, oh, that's like how when you're being like very seductive and you're very like, beautiful, yeah. like, oh, yeah. this mommy water, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it is a sad, I mean, the, I don't know if there's a silver lining. What's the opposite of a silver lining there? The dark, dark cloud. <laughs> the dark cloud in this is how much history was erased from us, mm-hmm. you know, from colonialism and mm-hmm. how much of it. Because when you think of slavery and how a lot of jazz music and rock and roll and all the, you know, blues was sort of a holdover from the slaves who were, you know, kept away from from any sort of entertainment and had to drum. And, and when you think about the slaves who were in Brazil who desperately clutched onto their, 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 their deities and who would keep them safe and keep them going, whereas we in Africa... We were like, man, you want me to go to school, but to go to school, I must be a Christian? For sure. Where do I sign <laughs> yeah, up? Toss what, it out. Yeah, what, exactly. what, 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 what next, bro? Like, oh, you want me to put on a white cap? Oh, I will. I mean, how tall, how high do I Where's he? Sure. Yeah. Like, 
no problem. And, and I think that really touches on, which we don't have to get into now, just the pervasiveness and the, the cycle of prosperity preaching and how Christianity or religious preachings have taken a deep hold in, in societies in Africa and sort of mm-hmm. given us this like, cards this get out of jail free cards away from responsibility you know god god the christian and the islam muslim god have become such uh pillars of right and wrong black and white and yet the deities what they teach us is there is really no good and bad it's really how you interpret it and how you do it for the good of others and or for the advancement of communities because one of the things i got from the orisha uh mythology here was that the gods were not necessarily good and they were not bad. They were something there was something else. And they said, Yeah, they were all they were their own people too. Yeah. Especially like when she was talking about um how they were created, it yeah. was like the, the mother, like she like Sad created mother. the humans yeah. who were her children of blood and yes. bone. And then she created the ten gods. You know yeah, what I mean? And then it was yeah. those gods that then put magic yes. on the children of blood Ooh. and bone. And I, I even her mom, Zeli's mom, who you'd use her anger to be to get have more to get more Gosh. powerful uh, powers, and I liked that. For me, anyway, the interpretation was that women can be angry. We can be, uh, you know, uh, use our anger as uh, as a force to do good or to advance yes. something. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're constantly told, even not just women but people, don't be so angry, don't be so emotional, don't be so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's the aggressiveness, it's the anger that Zeli uses and taps into that mm-hmm. saves Orisha and saves the world, frankly, exactly. and saves romance. And just you know, they can look at each other in their eyes and 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 yeah, love the babies. Saves romance. <laughs> I know. I'm just it I'm is, just going. Just, over. <laughs> it is. Oh, I'm like oh, over the top oh, here, oh, but yeah. It, it is yeah. that same aggressiveness, yeah. that same yeah. blurring the lines between what is good and bad, what is black what and is white. That, yeah, which I love so that, and I feel like we could definitely yeah. dive, dive deeper into that anger aspect of it because yeah. I also think about you know the angry black woman and how right. people who aren't oppressed will tell oppressed people like, oh, like could you be a little bit quieter about your anger? Like right. if you guys just like would calm down when you talk to us, like like yeah. you know with women in general, they're like, oh, like angry feminists, blah blah blah. It's like. We're angry because, because you know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think we could also, um, sorry, I don't know if I cut you off my bed. Um, we could also talk about the gender aspect a little bit because I just really loved, um, there was this one line, um, oh my gosh, his name is escaping me, but the keeper of the temple like that um, Inan eventually uh, killed or whatever. Lekan. Um, Lekan. Lekan, yes, thank you. Um, so at one point when he's telling Zeli that she has to become this like, the people who are able to um, restore magic or whatever, and like she has to be. Oh my gosh, what was it called? Um, Mama Lawo. She has to become yeah. a Mama Lawo, right? And so he said that like only women can become Mama Lawos. Like for me, that line was super powerful because I started mm-hmm. noticing that all the powerful deities that they at least like dwelled on, just because of um, who Zeli's mm-hmm. personal deity was as a woman, and then her mom mm-hmm. is the powerful one, and then like mm-hmm. the mother of all of them is a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. So seeing like you know, we could talk about like the gender structure on the Cosidian level where the king was the top and, you know, he mm. was training the non and like keeping Amari on the side and, you know, his, even his wife was really quiet and scared of oh, him. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side with the deities, their structure seemed a lot more like maternal, I'm sorry, yes. matrilineal yes. because like, you know, the head God was like a mother Sky and then, like some of the really powerful yeah. gods were women. Yeah. And then like yeah. the most powerful magi that Zeli knows, at least is her mom and things like that. So I just, 
thought that was a really beautiful yeah but that was that was a really good contrast wasn't it because yes, yes. then we learn about sky mother and then how she creates blah 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 mm. and then your major and how she yeah yeah that that, that yeah. was a good one so i liked that the portrayals of male and female roles showed that we're we're in a symbiotic relationship with one another mm. and i like that while King Saran's wife, Amarion, Inan's mom, was a stereotypical, you know, rich man's wife or second man's wife that is being portrayed, their kids, though, were more, com- more complex. And Amari, because of the examples that Inan had shown her when they were younger, before that fight that they had, you know, a big brother, a caring big brother, uh, a, a positive male role model in her life, I think it significantly changed her attitude towards herself. And also oh. towards other people, other men. Mm-hmm. I liked also the relationship that between Zane and and, and Zeli, and how he was very caring, very proactive in the in the ways that he showed his love, and mm-hmm. even in the same way, Zeli was not the one waiting to receive the love. She was also doing it in her other ways. She was the best right. negotiator. She was, yeah. the, <laughs> you know, that was such a nice touch. Yeah, um, I felt like he like care for her without suffocating her yeah like it wasn't like a, oh like, let me protect you because you're fragile exactly exactly and i like that tommy sneaked in this single father you know mm. because it could easily have been a single mom but it was a single dad who was also not like strong and he was yeah, a weakling he was fragile <laughs> he was beaten and broken by grief and by just the trauma of of the experience of the Maji being eradicated, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of black men are not given that space to see what it looks like for them to process grief, for them to process mm. trauma, for them to yeah. process just pain, mm. and and that is something that I love to see, and I did not know how much I needed to see it until it was in this book. Yeah. So the, the the familial relationships, the sibling relationships, the conversations, because, you know, with siblings, it's very easy to fall into that trap of bickering siblings. But these were not bicker, just bickering. They had to survive yes. in one way mm-hmm. or another. So, yeah, I, I really appreciated that twist of gender, that gender twist. So I think to wrap up, we can just kind of talk about our overall kind of feelings that this book left us with, our expectations for... I think it's called Children of Virtue and something Vengeance and Vengeance yeah, yeah Children of Virtue and Vengeance the mm-hmm. movie because there is a movie deal yeah. um, she used that line huh yeah she did and, uh, when she was like talking about um, she when did, she was like yeah. bringing back the magic she was like she came to this realization we are all children of blood and bone we're all children of virtue and vengeance like we have those two in yeah Ooh, she did I yeah. go tell me yeah. Um, yeah. So overall, like I said, this book was um, it, it just evoked so many emotions to me. Obviously, it, it evoked so many in all of us, given the length of yeah. this episode. <laughs> um, but I think overall, it's just really positive, and it's so funny because I like I'm reading it again now, and a part of me was a bit anxious about whether I would want to read it again because once again, it was so violent, and yeah. you lose so many like yeah. characters, so many kids. Um, etc but I'm reading it again and I'm like just relishing it once again for everything it is and what mm. it represents so mm. overall like I just say bravo like even though I was a bit of a tough reader at the beginning I was like girl what are you doing what are all these <laughs> extra adjectives <and> <laughs> don't seem to serve a purpose but I think overall she's just 
she just did that. And mm-hmm. Homegirl is only 24. Mm-hmm. Like, Dang, keep in mind it was 24. written when she was 23. Oh. So, when she was 23. Gosh. I know. Even added more to the pressure. Um, yeah. But I think this was just very beautifully done. And I think for me, in the next book, I'm just curious about how everybody handling magic is going to be handled. Because I think that, that was a theme that we um, were even confronted with. Um, there and then, like, um, I think with that scene that Malaya brought up with, like, Zuleha and the Burners and Exeter and the Kansas doing their thing, it's like, um, we've seen throughout the history of Orisha that magic has been used either as a weapon or um, the absence or rather the possibility of magic has mm-hmm. been used as a weaponized, like, prejudice, blah, 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 and then used to subjugate people. So now if the playing field is quote-unquote equal, like, mm-hmm. just the possibilities of that holds, I think that'll be just very interesting. I'm very curious to see how she handles that. So, yeah, right. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Um, what about you guys? Um, for me, I read this book super quickly. Um, <laughs> so part of it was because I had to return it to the library, but part of it was also because I was like so engrossed. Yeah. Um, and so just my general takeaway is that definitely like, I love it. Definitely one of the books, um, because I generally like fantasy novels anyways. Okay. Um, so just on a purely like fantasy novel level, beautiful, loved it, like thought it was an amazing read. And I do think she's a beautiful writer. Like I said a little bit earlier, like her writing style was like fine to me just because like it's a writing style that I'm used to from when I was like reading fantasy novels like way back mm-hmm. in the day. Like there's this book called like Cry of the Ice Mark. Um, that was also about a really powerful like princess who like saves her kingdom, whatever, whatever. Um, so on that level, clearly loved it. On the level of, like, a Nigerian who's, like, used to these words, like, these cities, I was like, oh, oh, oh. So, like, that was a little <laughs> bit cringeworthy. But once we got into the action, like, I was ready. I was in yeah. it. Um, and then when I finally read the end, that it was, like, um, inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that, like, it just gave me a whole nother layer of, like, appreciation for this novel, and I love it even more, and I just cannot wait for the movie. I would definitely be, like, first day, like, midnight showing. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah. like, the kind that, like, when I read a book and I really like it, I don't want to see the movie, yeah. but yeah. I just want to support Tommy yes. so much that, like, I would definitely go see this movie. Yeah. Um, and then also because it was one of those books that I didn't really want it to end. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's how I really know I enjoyed a book if I, like, really don't want it to end. Like, mm-hmm. I keep want, I want to stay in this world. I want yeah. to know what happens to these yeah. characters, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I want to go see the movie, too, so, like, get back into the world. Get and that's why I also can't wait for the next book, and I'm just really excited to see how they continue on. And I'm actually, interestingly enough, I'm most interested to see Amari's growth. Um, so she, mm-hmm. for me, she was one of the ones, like, I like similar to you guys, like, I was very annoyed at her at the beginning. I, I, I appreciated what she did, but mm-hmm. I was like, come on girl like you're already and so for me um because I think a lot of it's gonna center around Amari in the next book because one of the lines she said to her dad when she was killing him is like I'm gonna make a better queen than you so if, if to yeah. me it seems like she's really resolved in her heart that she's gonna be queen and everything so seeing her ascent to power I think it's going to like if that's what second book is going to be about um I'm really excited to see that so I'm excited I'm just excited to see how Amari's story unfolds um in the second book yeah so quick note about that uh Tommy uh, already wrote the second book before mm-hmm. the first book was published because she oh. didn't she didn't want the noise from the first book to clout her 
understanding of where she wanted the journey to go which right. is so smart, smart. from a writer's perspective well, especially with social media these days oh, like people be oh, doing that as soon as they yeah. finish like yeah. it should do this it should be that yeah, so yeah exactly but in addition to everything that you ladies said uh which yes yes tick 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 i am so excited for the generations of africans that come after us who have who don't know what it will be like to yearn for a book that uh represents because she's set the bar so very high um she said and i mentioned to you guys earlier before we started recording that she said she was going to write a book so good and so black that everyone is going to read it even if they were racist and for her to you know it's it's typical trope of the immigrant african but also typical trope of someone who has been you know there's the expectations are low so you're going to just push you know with women we try twice as hard or even thrice as hard i am so excited for my children's generation for their children's generation to know that there'll be a flood of books mm. that are competing again not competing but are standing tall mm. with mm. children of blood and bone and even maybe others that you know will will give them we'll a run for their money yeah. just i'm excited for what she's made, what what the the significance of this the legacy of this the um and i and i know that there are many writers who uh, tommy is not the first one to write a fantasy there are many writers who don't have the same resources that she had mm. you know the same access to internet mm. there's so many african writers and storytellers in on the continent who mm. probably have five novels which mm. are really interesting but for one reason or the other they didn't get the book deal that turned into a n- number one new york times bestseller and so i'm just thankful for the gate that 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 she's pushed the gate open a little yeah. bit more yeah. for so many mm-hmm. africans to yeah. see themselves right. yeah. yeah represented yeah mm-hmm. i love that so i think um you know chimamanda was able to open yeah. that gate for yeah. like more yeah. novelists to come out but i think exactly then at that point we all kind of started ex- we all kind of started expecting the immigrant experience and yeah. i actually read a few threads where our writers were like if i'm not writing about the immigrant experience my my book won't do well kind of yeah, thing so i yeah. think for tommy's like drop into the stage and be like fantasy like <laughs> totally whatever you yeah. know what i mean like i think that's like fabulous and amazing yeah. and then like next we're probably going to get like science fiction and like i just, right. I just can't wait i know <laughs> it would be just amazing really excited yes. really really excited um i think for the movie too i am excited because i watched an interview with her and they were trying to say oh which who do a vision plane Zaylee or these characters and just like at the end of the day like yes I love Lupita and I love Denai Guerrera etc but um, just like how I watched Black Panther and I was completely taken aback and surprised by Letitia Wright and I fell in mm-hmm. love with her mm-hmm. I want this book and this movie to be a platform where um, people that are talented and haven't got their break for us to discover them and also yes. fall in love with them yes. so I absolutely yes. love yes. that sentiment yes. already yes. that she has because I feel like um, you know a lot of times I can Hollywood, the movie industry, whatever, you play one part well, especially when you're black. It's like, we, it's almost like there's only a couple that can succeed at one point in time. Yeah. So then I love the part, I, I love her conviction being like, at the end of the day, there's so many people that are undiscovered and, yes. you know, haven't made it yet. But this, you know, maybe you were born to play this part and yeah. you know, as a nation or as people, as readers can fall in love with them. Yes. So right. I'm excited yes. overall. Okay. Yes. Alrighty. So, guys, that brings us to the end of our discussion yeah. on Children of Blood and Bone. Mm. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you. Yeah, so we'd love to hear your thoughts when we put it up. Like, did you read it? Um, what did you think about it? Like, please definitely continue this conversation with us. Yeah. And Nicole, before we sign off, can you tell okay. us 
where we can find you, what you're working on, etc. So I am not yet back on social, uh-huh. coming from a long writing cave. Um, but <laughs> I will hopefully go back to Twitter soon at Nicole Magabo. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, hopefully you'll find me in bookstores or hey. in film theaters. Yeah. And I'm working on a book about love. Uh, well, it's a romance set, set in romance comedy, romantic comedy set in East Africa, Kampala, mm. and it uh, traverses Nairobi, Mombasa, Johannesburg, and just yes. a crazy ride, wow. a summer read, and hopefully that one that can uh, take down and put together our concept, our perceptions of love and and family and, and relationships and all that jazz yeah oh goodness that sounds so exciting i'm already really exciting that's um, so exciting we can't wait to see it we wish you yay, all the best thank you so much thank you so thank much you for, for joining us no you have really limited time so we really appreciate it thank, thank you guys so much for tuning in um like amalaya said please continue the conversation on our social media um we're always afropolitan instagram facebook um etc so thank you afropolitan central Yep, I'm class and central um, on both platforms. So we will speak to you um, later. Bye.